You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary. Presented by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Ridiculous. Nick, Nick and Rico, we're, we're, go, we're getting into it over here. I have to set up the computer. Go ahead. Go ahead and set up the computer. We'll bring in Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here, uh, of, of uh, Inside Nebraska. What's up, Steve? How's it going, man? Hey, Nick. Hey, Rico. How you guys doing? Good. Terrible. Did you hear that? Yes, I heard, I heard that. What's, Rico, what's Rico, Rico is literally out of control. He's trying to... Tell me how a group of five coach, a particular group of five coach would be a better fit than an established power five coach that's won national titles. As in Luke Fickle? Luke Fickle versus Chris Kleiman. Oh, Luke Fickle's a pretty good coach, Rico. Oh, really? Okay, maybe this is a little bit of a conversation. I know. I'm the one. Go- I'm the one he's, rooting for he, Luke Fickle. He's telling me that oh, okay. he's telling That's me Chris Kleiman is an <laughs> those, established. Those are both two, two really good head coaches, though. I should say. He's trying to tell me that that uh, Chris Kleiman is in a go. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Steve. USA just scored a goal. I'm sorry, Steve. Oh no, that's fine. I'm I'm you know, locked away in my little office here. Without, oh, okay. I'm a TV list right now. So okay, I'll, I'll, well, thank you sorry, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We we made a vow to our listeners that when we're watching the World Cup in here, obviously, we made a vow to our listeners that if they ever scored a goal, we would do the do the goal chance. So we apologize. That's fine. Yeah, it's a. I always enjoy the goal, the goal horns and and everything, and especially with soccer with the announcer. Okay. Okay, we we apologize. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, so Nick is trying to tell me that Chris Kleiman is more of an established Power Five coach than than uh, Luke Fickle is, and I'm I'm trying to let him know that Luke Fickle was the head coach at Ohio State for a year. It was on an interim basis. Yeah, sure. And he whatever. went six and seven. And he went six and seven. Whatever. But he was also the defensive or the offensive coordinator. Uh, at Ohio State from 2002 until he got that interim job and then took over as co-offensive coordinator under Urban Meyer for a while until he got the Cincinnati job. So he's been at the Power 5 level in the Big Ten for quite some time. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, Luke Fickle, like, although you know he doesn't have the Technically, the head, you, you can't really call him technically a head coach at the Power 5 level, but like he's still one of the guys that I look at and am not afraid at all that he's like not going to do well at his uh, next Power 5 gig, like whenever he, whenever he ends up gets it, gets it, getting it. I just look at Luke Fickle, and I, I can't see a scenario where that guy kind of fails. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? See, I, I'm, why hasn't he gotten a job then? I mean, Rico read off his record. It's been full of, of successful seasons at Cincinnati. Yeah. Why? I mean, when you think about that that loaded coaching carousel that it was last year where there was so much fluidity, and just in recent years, why hasn't a, a Power 5 program taken a chance on him then? Well, I think they probably wanted to take a chance on him, but I think Luke Fickle is a guy that you know, money isn't everything. He has values as a head coach. I think he's uh, happy where he is at, but at the end of the day, I think he's um, maybe waiting for you know his his great his great white whale you know to come along whatever school that is for him. Um, if it's Ohio State or, or whatever, yeah. the Ohio State job isn't really opening up right now unless Ryan Day goes off to the NFL. But I think he's at the point he's where he he can afford to to wait and and see and 
have fun coaching. I think he's a big family man from what I read and hear about him. And he's not all about, you know, I also think um, he's, he's a big Midwestern guy. He is, he hasn't really coached outside of the Midwest. And so um, when you look at Luke Fickle, I, I just see a guy who's, who's not in any rush to up, to, you know, upend his family, move around the country and start over again. He's at a, he's at a place where, you know, he can flourish right now. And once that job opens up, whatever job that might be, I think um, Luke Fickle would be just an amazing fit at, at a place like Ohio State or Notre Dame or wherever wherever it ends up being for him. Interesting. All right, we're talking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, uh, our usual Monday guest here on, on the Happy Hour. Okay, let's talk about this Wisconsin-Nebraska game on Saturday a little bit because it, it, continues, it continuously frustrates Husker fans, and, and myself included, when Nebraska is – forced to run any sort of two-minute drill or abbreviated two-minute drill, they they go out there and they look like they just have no clue what's going on. I mean, what, what was your read on that final drive of the game? You throw the five-yard drag route and then you kind of struggle to get up to the line of scrimmage and, and then you eventually call a timeout and thankfully the, the refs put 20 seconds back on the clock. But like, how, how frustrating is it every single time that Nebraska has to run or is pressured into running some sort of quick offense, no matter how power high powered we get told their offense can be, they just look like they don't really know what they're doing out there. Yeah, I, I agree. Nick, it doesn't really look like they um, know what they're doing in those situations. And it doesn't really look like they have a lot of practice in those situations. It almost looks like, you know, when we're watching it during the game, that it's the first time that they're doing it almost. It, it just kind of brings off that vibe, at least in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, there doesn't seem to be, like, a lot of plan, uh, plan, planning going on during those specific situations. And then when you add in um, the offensive line struggles and pass protection against a, a pretty talented Wisconsin defensive line teeing off, um, it's just a recipe for, for disaster. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's just – there's not a lot of not a lot of good going on right now with Nebraska's offense, and it's kind of reaching Iowa levels of bad. Right when you know, that, I know Iowa's kind of got it back on track a little bit recently, but you know, during October when they were a laughing stock of college football, mm-hmm. it's kind of in my eyes equal equaling that, um, which is um, kind of bad to bad to think about for if you're a Husker fan. Steve, I, I mean. Does that fall on coaches, or is that like an execution kind of uh, issue? I think it's a little bit of both. I, I, I'm a, I'm of the thinking that ne- that football is never as black and white as it seems. It's never as you know, it's it's this person's fault only. It's it's like uh, football is just a, a, a truly a team game. Uh, Eleven guys on the field, but again, you need the coaching staff also to you know put their best foot forward and do their best preparing this the team um, during the week as best as they can. And right now, Nebraska's offense just doesn't look prepared. It doesn't look like it has a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we understand that the run game has just been non-existent. You can't really get Anthony Grant going, but that's because, in my opinion, Anthony Grant doesn't have a lot of room to run with um, in front of him. So when you, when you take that off the when you take that off the off the game plan and you're playing a defense that coach that's coached by a guy like Jim Leonard who eats sleeps, sleeps, um, sleeps uh, defense. Mm-hmm. It's just a recipe for disaster. And you know, it's, I don't think, you know, after the game, I thought it was pretty interesting that Casey Thompson kind of revealed to us that he still does not have, or at that point in time, still didn't have 
full control of his right hand, which which just kind of yeah. makes you chuckle about you know the 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 state of Nebraska quarterbacks the past few years. I mean, think back to last year with Adrian Martinez, he was playing with a you know a broken jaw, and then he's walking on Senior Day with a, a sling around his mm-hmm. arm. And now we have a quarterback who, you know, doesn't have full control of his right hand. So, you know, kind of bad for a right-handed quarterback. But it, it's just almost like Nebraska just can't have nice things right now on offense. And, you know, I think it's not all on the on the players right now. I think it's, a lot of it is on the coaching staff and um, Mark Whipple and, and how he um, is adjusting to, to these problems that he's facing with the quarterback issues. I don't think he's adjusting very well to them, but – at the end of the day, it's just there's just not a lot of good things going on with Nebraska, and it might be just a really, really tough um, situation to kind of coach through as well. When when we look at, I mean, Casey Thompson and I believe O'Shawn were the only two guys that walked on Saturday that still have eligibility remaining. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, okay. think, I think so. I'm not 100% sure on that, but that sounds correct. I, I, believe, I believe I read that somewhere, that Casey and, and Oshan were the only two guys that walked on Saturday. We know Trey Palmer did not walk. I mean, where's our where's our confidence level at that Casey does return? Now, obviously, there's some other variables involved or in play there where one of them's big, Mickey Joseph. What's the situation with him? Is he still on staff in some capacity? I think that has a lot to do with it. But, I mean, if you had to make a prediction, does Nebraska have their starting quarterback already on the roster for next season? Or or is it going to be a deal where Nebraska may have to go into the portal again? Boy, that's a really difficult question. Um, no, Casey Thompson is, for a college for a college football player, pretty old. I know they've been getting older and older um, as college football has gone on, but I think he's going to be uh, close to 25 if he comes back um, and – you know, it's always a always a question of what the new coaching staff wants in a quarterback, what they want to do on offense. I think Casey Thompson is a guy who can do a lot of different things for a quarterback. Um, but if uh, the new coach comes in and, and he wants a little bit more more of a running quarterback, mm-hmm. a running threat back there, more of a mobile Casey Thompson, you know, those are things that Casey is going to want to weigh himself and um, just kind of make decisions himself. He, he talked after the game about the decision about how, you know, him walking – doesn't necessarily mean that he was coming back or leaving next year or anything like that. It was just something that he wanted to do. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I just can't answer that right now because I don't really – Casey Thompson thinks a lot about things and he's very, you know, he, he uh, you know, has has deep thoughts about pretty much everything yeah. um, that we've come, come to know in the media. So he's going to, you know, have his priorities that he wants to think about and, you know, whatever decision he makes, it's, absolutely going to be the best for him for what he thinks. Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska joins us. Were you shocked to see Illinois, or Illinois, Iowa open up as a 10.5 point favorite on Friday? Um, I can see why it would be that much, I guess. Um, I, 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 like, I, like I said earlier, Iowa is a, is a team that was a laughing stock, laughing stock of college football in October, but since then they've rattled off some impressive wins. Four straight, I believe. Again, all against uh, teams that Nebraska has lost to, but you know, when I when I went back and watched the the game against Iowa or the game against uh, Minnesota, and first of all, that was like played in 15 degree weather. It looked mm-hmm. absolutely brutal out there. Um, but man, they they gutted that thing out and they won that um, despite Minnesota and and Mo Ibrahim rushing for over 200 yards. Um, I, I just think that right now Illinois or <laughs> I did it too. The <laughs> Illinois, Iowa is the more uh, physical team right now, and maybe that's what odds makers are looking at, um, especially with that defense. 
Um, the defense is absolutely elite. You know, Jack Campbell mm-hmm. right there, right in the middle uh, at inside linebacker. Cooper DeGene might be the most versatile defender in college football right now. He's had two pick sixes on the year and, and four, I think, on the season. Um, you know, I, I just look at Iowa, that defense, and then I look at, you know, on the other side, what they're going to be going against with Nebraska's offensive line. I just think the Hawkeyes are going to get a ton of penetration up front um, on, on their defensive line against Nebraska's offensive line. And I just don't really see a lot of avenues for Nebraska to score points mm-hmm. on Saturday. So, you know, if, if that's the case and, you know, Nebraska's held um, really low without a touchdown or anything, I could definitely see a, a, a you know, over a 10-point win for the Hawkeyes because their offense has, has gotten better. Um, it's still not great. Um, it's not It's not a really good, you know, I've been watching Iowa a lot this season and their offensive line is not, you know, kind of the usual pretty solid um, Iowa offensive line this year. Um, they, they, they have a lot of work to do as well. But, yeah, I mean, it, it surprised me a little bit, but when you when you take into account Iowa's defense and how well they're playing, you know, you can understand it. All right, so I want to switch over to one Husker Hoops question, this last one, before we, before we let you go. Um, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska with us right now. Husker Hoops, so they started out 2-0, and they go to St. John's, they have a, have a pretty decent first half. That first half was really ugly, but we, I mean, we had the conversation going into it that, hey, Nebraska's going to, I mean, it's going to have to be an ugly game if Nebraska ends, wants to end up winning it. Then they get outscored 50-23 to in the second half, then they rebound, and they come from behind and beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. But I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper here, because we had the conversation about how different this team operates this season compared to previous Fred Hoiberg seasons. And for example, I mean, you have Sam Griesel against Omaha scoring 18 points last night, or yes, yesterday against Arkansas Pine Bluff. He has seven. Juwan Gary went out with a shoulder injury, didn't have any points against Omaha, has 17 last night. I mean, like this is one of those programs or rosters now where Every night, a different guy might be the leading scorer, but that might be an okay thing for Nebraska. Or am I way off on that, Steve? No, you're, I, I completely agree with you, Nick. That is 100% a good thing, um, especially for this program and, and what Fred Hoiberg uh, is trying to build right now uh, with, with his roster right now. Because, you know, another, another you, you mentioned the uh, Sam Griesel part, you know. You know he he did he did well, well earlier this season, but then um, against Pine Bluff he had that seven points, and I think he only took one shot yeah. in the first half. Um, so when your best player is not really looking for his shot or or getting anything going in the first half, and then you know, he he also he just scored seven points, like you said, for the game. But then others stepping up, like you know Gary, seventeen points, C.J. Wilcher, fifteen points, and and going three for three from behind the arc, and then. Uh, the backup center, uh, Blaze Kata. Blaze yeah. Kata finally um, was showing a little something, a little something that I think is really going to benefit this team. He had his uh, double double at fourteen with fourteen points and and ten rebounds, and I think thirteen of those points came in the second half. He he's finally starting to um, you know kind of look across the floor and and see teams that don't have you know like another six eleven. 240 pounder and say okay i can i can do this i can be big down here and, and physical he still needs to finish and be stronger um in the hoop in the paint mm-hmm. um, but i think he's just learning and um, uh fred horberg made a made a good point after the game emmanuel budamel did too that this is still this team's you know fourth fourth game playing together a lot of new faces playing each other they're still learning how to play together and i think that's uh that, that was a good point to them and, and it's very true um but yeah i mean Different players 
showing up every night along with the veteran players, um, you know, like Jawan Gary, Sam uh, Greasel, Emmanuel Bandemel. These are very, very good veterans, I think. Um, just when things aren't going well, you have them there to kind of steady the boat. Um, and, you know, it's just something that wasn't ha- happening last year. They didn't mm-hmm. even have any anything like that last year. So I think that's the biggest the biggest kind of positive for, for this year's team um, is, is that veteran leadership. And um, they're not going to freak out if they get if they get down by a lot. The St. John second half, I don't know what the heck happened there. That was absolutely yeah. crazy to watch. I've never seen anything like that. But, you know, it was good to good to see them um, kind of face some, face some adversity in the second half against Pine Bluffs and then just, you know, put their foot, foot down, take a deep breath, and then just play basketball and, and go on the run of their own. That was good for them psychologically, too, in my opinion. So, yeah. Um, we're we're going to see how much that how much that kind of transitions down in Orlando against uh, Oklahoma coming up here on Thursday. But, yeah, I think I think the fact that they can um, mm-hmm. lean on different players and, and have, have these veteran guys kind of take turns showing up each night, I think that's a very good thing. Yeah, and Blaze Keita, I mean, if and when – uh, if slash when Derek Walker returns, I mean Blaze Keita with a little bit of more of experience that he's you know as a starter and and just that that experience in a game that's really going to take a lot of the pressure off Derek Walker. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and and even one, one thing that I was kind of talking with some friends about too was Wilhelm Breidenbach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Healthy, he's, he's he's just like he's in his second. He's in just his second year here in the program, and he's coming off that knee injury. He's still so young. He. He still has so much more basketball in front of him, and you know sometimes when I hear uh, people kind of maybe being close to giving up on him, I, I just want to remind them that he's so young, he's still learning to play this college basketball um, game and, and kind of find his groove. And he had ten points in the first half; that's a career high for him. There ten points, and he only had three minutes in the second half, um, and, and didn't really um, contribute on the on the floor. But you know, Fred Horberg was really pleased with what Wilhelm Breidenbach showed, and I was. I was too. I thought um, Will Help once kind of getting in a groove and, and being that stretch four or five that, that this um, offense can use at certain points. But yeah, like you said, Nick, with Blaze Kata down there, he's, you can tell he's getting, he's starting to figure it out a little bit. He's getting more comfortable. He's mm-hmm. learning that, you know, he can be big and he can be physical. He still needs to finish, um, finish around the hoop better. He still needs to be stronger. Um, but, you know, I think that'll, that'll come with more games that he plays. Yeah, Nebraska beats Arkansas Pine Bluff yesterday, eighty-two to fifty-eight. They were down at half. Then they then Pine Bluff went on an eight-zero run early in the second half, and Nebraska was able to, like Steve said, fight through a little bit of adversity and uh, and end up running away with it, eighty-two fifty-eight. Pine Bluff actually, in fact, played the Oklahoma team that Nebraska faces on Thursday on Thanksgiving down in Orlando. Oklahoma ended up beating them sixty-six to fifty-eight, so just an eight-point differential there mm-hmm. early on in the season. Um, that that Pine Bluff team, I mean, no joke. I mean, they've they've scared a couple teams early on in the season, but Nebraska Including able to, uh, yeah, TCU, who was ranked I think thirteenth or fourteenth in the preseason poll at the time. Yep. Yeah. So. Absolutely. They only they were they were leading TCU big, who was yeah mm-hmm. uh, ranked um, in the top fifteen at the time, and then uh, wound up wound up only losing by one point um, to TCU. So. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, yeah, they play an inter- interesting style. Not a lot of like confusing stuff that they do on offense. They just kind of try to yeah, drive and kick. Um, but yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. and uh, especially against um, Nebraska in the first half, it did. They had a they had a six foot six true freshman guard score seventeen points and didn't miss a shot in wow. the first half. But then you know, to Nebraska's credit, they made some adjustments. They started switching a little bit more on defense, and 
uh, that kid was held scoreless in the second half. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of good things, uh, bad things and good things for Nebraska. Uh, we'll see how they look uh, this Thursday against Oklahoma and Orlando. Oh, yeah, for sure. Plenty to plenty to continue working on, but at least, I mean, there's it resembles somewhat more of a team than maybe we've seen a, in, in years past. All right, Steve, appreciate, appreciate the time as always. Give hey, us your best goal. It, it could be, well, I will say, hold on, it, it could be an interesting week slash weekend coming up in, in terms of Nebraska athletics. So our conversation next Monday could be uh, quite a bit more interesting here. Yeah, I think it might have a little bit of a coaching flavor to it. There it is. There it is. All right, Steve, appreciate the time as always, man. Have, Have a good one. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time as always. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll bring in Nathan Brennan. Strick is out today, so we'll bring in Nate. Uh, for the crossover, we'll, we'll also fill the guys in. I will fill the guys in on how they did on picks this week, and uh, we will do that. I don't think it was very good for anybody. It was okay, not not too bad, not too great. It was bad for Stricky, but good mm, thing Strick's not here. Poor Stricky. So, um, yeah, uh, Rico, you didn't have a bad week. Good, you did not have a bad week. You would be bull eligible. Good. I was so, not. I didn't think that I did very good. No, nah, I mean it's. Fine. I didn't remember my picks, but I was like, I, I can't. I don't believe I did. Yeah, very we'll, good. we'll we'll go through them. We're coming up with Nate on the crossover. Stick with us. Happy hour, ninety three seven. The ticket. Download our app by searching ninety three point seven. The ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on ninety three seven. The ticket and theticketfm.com. dot 